0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I've got a really special co host and dear friend with me, Melissa Taylor. Hello. Many of you might remember Melissa from a few teachings we've done on the podcast, so she's really not a guest. She's family here, but she is the senior director of online Bible studies and First Five.
1: Yes. Hey, Kaylee. I am so excited to be here with you today. It's always an honor to sit mm-hmm. in with you. Okay. I know who's going to be with us today. You so do? I do. Can I just go ahead and let's just get it out right away? I would love ahead for and you spoil to spoil the it. surprise. It. Yes. Okay. All right, everyone. We have the incredible honor to have Max Lucado on the podcast with us today. Can you even... I believe can't believe it, it, right? Right? When did you think you'd be sitting here with Max Lucado?
0: Never in my wildest dreams. Right?
1: Well, before we welcome Max to the show, let me just bring you up to speed about who Max is, just in case there's two of you that don't know, right? okay? Max is an author of many, many books, including the best-selling Anxious for Nothing that we studied a couple of years ago with Online Bible Studies, mm-hmm. one of my faves. He's also the pastor of Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas, and I could go on, but honestly, he's most of all famous to us here at Proverbs 31 Ministries. Max, we want to welcome you to the show.
2: You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're really kind to, to let me on the program. I feel honored to have these few minutes with you today.
0: Well, oh, Max, we are so honored because, I mean, you're like family to us because we've done Bible studies together with you. You've been a part of the Proverbs 31 family for so long. So you're not a guest either. You're family.
2: It's fun. And I love coming your way and being in the studio with you in person. Uh, I've got to meet just so many people on the team and, and walk through the offices there. It's it's an extraordinary ministry that you guys have. Yeah, thank you. Well,
0: it's an honor to have you a part. Well, Max, word on the street is that you've got a new book out called How Happiness Happens that released in September 2019, and that's why we have you on the show today. So I would love, before we let you dive into your teaching, can you tell us a little bit about your heart behind the book and what makes it so special to you?
2: Well, the the fact of the matter is, most people are not happy. Uh, Even though we have Uh, more technological advances than we can possibly keep up with. We can travel more than uh, ever our parents or grandparents imagined. Uh, Many people are are, uh, enjoying some health benefits uh, from medical advancements. Still, only one in three Americans, when asked if they were happy, if they were genuinely happy, only one in three uh, had enough happiness to prompt them to check yes on the questionnaire. And this is the lowest it has ever been. It's the lowest level of happiness it is, that, that, that we've ever had. And that really um, surprised me. It surprised me. And I began to just think and process and wonder what, what caused this and what can be done. So this book is basically a response to, to the, the low level of happiness that's in our society and hopefully uh, some practical tools that we can put to use immediately uh, to help us learn to discover the kind of happiness that we aspire to have, and I think God wants us to have.
0: Mm, That is so good, Max. Well, I can't wait to hear you dive more into your teaching. So in true Proverbs 31 podcast fashion, we're going to let you go straight into that. So Max, go ahead and take it away.
2: That's a dangerous thing to say to a preacher. <laughs> okay,
0: here you go. We're, no. ready. <laughs> We're ready. You may
2: have to get, give me a couple of hours and then I'll be finished. All right. No, you know, the the, um, the big idea, the Bible has a lot to say about happiness. And, um, and the big idea in scripture is that we really uh, find happiness when we give happiness. Uh, if you want to make sure that you're happier tomorrow than you are today, then make other people happy. It is really that simple. Uh, Jesus said, it's better to give than receive. It's better to give than receive. You talk about a surprising flip on the head in our society that says it's better to receive than give. Uh, Jesus said, no, if you want to really be happy, then you become a giver. And the Bible has practical ways to make other people happy. And we call these the one another verses. Uh, There are 59 that I count in all, 59 one another verses. Uh, In the book, I clustered them into 10 chapters and they read like encourage one another, build one another up, greet one another, pray for one another, love one another. And I want to talk for just a minute about what I think could be the most difficult of the one another verses. And I know that I could have gone two directions here. I almost went with the easiest Mm -hmm. of the one another verses, and that is greet one another that's a fun topic maybe <laughs> you'll have me back to talk about that but i thought i'd go a little deeper because i think on the other end of the spectrum is the challenge to forgive one another mm-hmm. forgive one another ephesians 4:32 says forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as christ has forgiven you you know researchers are finding direct links between happiness and forgiveness If you want to be happy, in other words, begin giving forgiveness. Researchers from Duke University listed eight factors that promote emotional stability, and four of the eight related to forgiveness. Another piece of research I found in which researchers related how they invited people to reflect on the person who had done them harm, and just the thought of that person created sweaty palms and facial muscle tension and a higher heart rate and increased blood pressure. And then when asked to imagine forgiving that person, all those physiological issues were reversed. So in other words, health and happiness happen when forgiveness begins to flow. Now, I'm a pastor, and so I I think that has allowed me to come to appreciate how difficult forgiveness is for people. The fact of the matter is uh, we get hurt. We get hurt in life. Mm-hmm. And so at the outset, I want to say that I understand how difficult it is to forgive people. Uh, people are listening to me today who have been abused, uh, who have had their hearts broken, who have been lied to, uh, who have been betrayed. Um, somebody once said if hurts were hairs, we'd all look like grizzlies because mm-hmm. we've all been hurt so much. Mm-hmm. But some of you have been hurt deeply. And to you, I, I offer this prayer and this admonition: uh, Open yourself up to the possibility of forgiving the person who hurt you, and and consider the example that Jesus left us. Because when it comes to forgiving other people, He is our model. In fact, that's what Paul says: mm-hmm. "Forgive one another, as God in Christ forgave you." So, if you want to want to think about forgiveness, you go to the story of Jesus. And when I think about Jesus forgiving other people, I think about Jesus in the upper room Mm. on the night that he was going to be betrayed. And that night, when he was enjoying his final meal with his supper, with his, with his followers, the final supper with his followers, John chapter 13 says that he, he rose from the supper. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel. He girded himself and he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel with which he was girt. What a moment of drama. I would imagine nobody was speaking as Jesus hung his cloak on a hook, put the towel around his waist, poured the pitcher of water, and then emptied the water into a bowl. And the only sound was the splash. And then the next sound would have been the tap of the bowl, as Jesus placed it on the floor, then the shuffle of leather as he untied and removed the first of two dozen sandals. Then he began this process of splashing and washing and massaging and drying. It. Remember, this is the final night of, of the Jesus will have with these followers before his crucifixion. And I would imagine that he is realizing that he is in his last opportunity to speak to them before he goes to the cross. And yet he takes that precious moment. He takes those precious minutes and he dedicates them to washing the feet of these disciples. I'm thinking at least two or three minutes a foot, 24 feet. We're well into almost an hour, if not maybe a little longer that this took. Imagine the On the night before his crucifixion, Jesus took a full hour to wash the disciples' feet. And then he said, what I have done for you, just as I have done for you, so now you also ought to wash one another's feet. Hmm. We all know the story, at least I hope we do, that later that night as Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, all of his followers ran away. They promised they would stay with him, but none of them did. They ran and they hid, thinking that, they would be arrested themselves. I wonder at what point did they look down at those feet and realize that Jesus had had washed their feet. He had washed their feet in advance. He had served them. Basically, he had given them grace before they knew that they needed it. Hmm. And Jesus said, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I want to I want to encourage the listeners today to think about washing people's feet in the basin of grace. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Let's be tender hearted. The apostle says tender hearted, forgiving one another tender hearted. You know, there's a lot of hard hearted people. We need some tender hearted people. Forgiveness is the act of allowing the forgiveness of God that we have received to be applied to someone else. Let me just give two or three practical ideas, and, and then I'll wrap it up. If you're, if, you're willing, if you're willing to consider forgiving someone else, consider these three or four steps. First of all, decide what you need to forgive. Decide what you need to forgive. Get specific. Narrow it down to the identifiable offense. To just say, well, he's a jerk. That may make you feel good, but that doesn't help. What is it about his behavior that bothers you? It could be something like, "Well, he promised to leave his work at home and be attentive at dinner time." Well, now there, that's better. You've narrowed it down. Then, then number two, ask yourself, "Why does this hurt? What is it about this offense that stings? What is it about it that leaves you as wounded?" Sometimes, uh, the activities of others trigger a hurt that they themselves did not cause and we realize that we're holding others hostage or or making them pay because of the mistreatment of someone else do your best to try to answer that question ask yourself why it hurts and then this is important step three take it to jesus Hmm. no one will ever love you more than he does let every wound be an opportunity to draw near to your Hmm. savior Just bring it to him and say, Lord, it hurts. It just hurts. Mm. It hurts. Would you help me? And you can be sure that he will. And talk to Jesus. Keep talking to him until the anger subsides. And when the anger comes back, and it often does, just talk to him again. And then if it feels safe with a clear head and pure motives, file a complaint. Talk to your offender. Now, this may not be possible. Some of you are carrying wounds from people that have passed on from this life. Some of you are wounded by people, and it's probably not best that you get back in contact with them. They're just not safe. Mm -hmm. And so think this through. You may need to get some counsel. But if it makes sense, go to the person and explain your offense. Now, don't go to the person and say, I'm going to forgive you. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. Go to the person and tell them how you feel because of the particular way they've treated you. It might be something like this. We agreed to make our home a haven, yet after dinner, you always get lost in emails and and projects. I'm sorry, honey, but I feel lonely under my own roof. Mm -hmm. Now, if you do this respectfully and honestly, it is a first step toward forgiveness. It may work, it may not. The fact of the matter is, You cannot control someone else's response. You can only control your response to them. Right. Then lastly, I would encourage you to pray for your offender. Just pray for him. You can't force reconciliation, but you can also always offer intercession. And I encourage people to having prayed for the offender and done all they can do. I I say conduct a funeral. Just just, just bury that offense, not in your spirit, but I've had people, I, I tell them, take a, a shovel, go out in the backyard, dig a grave, write on your a sheet of paper the offense, put it down there and cover it with dirt and say, okay, I'm moving on with life. And the next time the devil brings it up, you just say, well, Jesus and I buried that mm-hmm. and we're moving mm-hmm. on. The fact of the matter is the longer you harbor the grudge, the more happiness it's going to take out of your life, hmm. and so happiness happens as we learn to do what Jesus did for us as we learn to forgive one another
0: hmm. wow max that was that was so good, and I love the practicality of those simple steps that you gave us but i have a I have a thought as you were as you were reading through John thirteen through through five in Jesus washing the disciples' feet, something that you pointed out was honestly something that I had missed because what I realized while you were reading through it is that it seemed like Jesus pre decided to give grace and he almost pre forgave them for what they were going to do. Um in denying him. Am I right in thinking that I like that
2: word. No, I like that. I I think he was giving them grace. Yeah. Uh, for something they had yet to yet to do, he, right, yeah. he he knew he knew they would not keep their promises. He sure. knew that they would they would abandon him, so he forgave them. He forgave them in advance, and sure. and really that's a picture of a healthy relationship. Mm.
1: Right? You right. know that yeah.
2: that uh, when we make a covenant one with another, uh, we 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 make a commitment to offer grace, even though we don't know how we're going to need to use it.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. It's a great thing to pre-decide in a relationship is that because you're going to need to forgive and need to be forgiven at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Forgiveness is that is that lubricant that makes a relationship work. Uh, Not perfection, not perfection.
0: Right. Because
2: because we will all disappoint each other. Uh, But but uh, forgiveness, that's what makes it work.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Melissa, did you have
1: something you were going to say? Yeah, I don't think I've ever like if you were to ask me what makes a happy person, I don't think I would have taken part of it to forgiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's so true that it is a block to happiness. And when Mm -hmm. you carry a grudge against someone, I mean, I'm so glad that you have identified this and actually found the statistics even to um, back it up, because when you can forgive someone, it sets you more free than it sets them. Yeah. And then you're able to go on. And Max, I really liked when you were talking about pray for your offender, conduct a funeral. Um, I had something happen to me when I was a young girl and needed to forgive as an adult. But the man, he's been dead a long time. And um, it took me a long time to realize I could forgive someone who wasn't here anymore. Yeah. And what it would do for me and how it was blocking my happiness. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. 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 It really does. It, t- it takes its toll on us. Um, you know, I can I can um, recall opportunities in which I've uh, held grudges and I, I just feel like it's weighing me down. It it, it, it pulls me under. Uh, my wife is a great picture of, of a person who offers forgiveness. Can I share just a time that she forgave me?
0: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Uh, at the risk of uh, being a bit vulnerable here. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it happened. It right. did. A few years ago, our staff at church, um, we we had an opportunity to everybody on the church staff to upgrade our smartphone. I'm not too smart, and I'm really not <laughs> smart with a smartphone. And um, in, in my my practice, um, all my years that that we've had access to social media and smartphones, smart devices, is I have filters. I don't I don't want to I don't want to ever be in a place where I could be just a click or two away from seeing uh, a woman Mm -hmm. in a posture that I'm not supposed to. And so I've always, I've always had, I've always had filters uh, on my phone. My wife knows the code to those. Uh, When we got the new smartphones, um, they delivered them to our offices. And I was in my office like, Uh, you know, I was kind of out of circulation. My door was closed and I thought, Oh, how cool. I can check email. I can do everything. I can get on the internet. And then, bam, just like that, that thought hit me. I thought, I wonder if this one has a filter on what I should have done is walk down the hallway and had somebody check, but I did not. And I'm not happy about this, but I entered some, uh, a link, that caused a uh, picture of an undressed woman to appear on my smartphone, and uh, it, it stunned me. I, I felt terrible. I, I put the phone in the in the drawer and uh, uh, went down the hallway and found the tech guy's office, but he was gone for the day, and so it just I just felt terrible. I right. felt terrible. That's right. Am I going too long on this story? Tell me if I am. No, no.
1: We're going. We're hanging on. I can't believe that (laughs) happened.
2: Well, it gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, no. (laughs) I I get home, and that phone is in my pocket. And uh, I don't realize it, but the picture of that lady is still up. And uh, I put the phone on the island, what we call the island. And Dina and my wife is cooking dinner. And she looks over and she says, Oh, honey, you got a new phone. And she reaches for the phone and she looks it up and guess what she sees? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I died a thousand deaths. (laughs) I mean, I died a thousand deaths and, and she just looked horrified. She said, I don't remember what she said, but but it was something like, how could you, how Mm -hmm. could you? And, uh, I tried to explain, but no explanation. Mm -hmm, Uh, it works, you know, and, uh, the, the night was pretty icy. It was pretty icy. And, um, Um, we, we went to bed and, uh, both of us slept fitfully and I woke up, uh, early the next morning, it was still dark and I couldn't get back to sleep. And, uh, uh, I stepped into the restroom only to realize that she was, she had already been up and on my mirror, uh, in the shape of a heart drawn with, uh, lipstick were the words, I still love you. I forgive you and I can see that, I can see that right now uh, in my mind. I'll never forget that moment. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. It only made me love her more. It only made me resolve to never do that again more. Mm -hmm. It only deepened my commitment to her,
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and it made her happier. I mean, she she chose to, you know, see it for what it was, a dumb mistake, a stupid thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to put this in the arena of those who are listening or saying, now my husband, he wasn't a dumb mistake. Mm-hmm. It was extended. It was rebellious. I get mm-hmm. that. But I would like to just make the point that when my wife chose to bring forgiveness into our home, it, sa- it, it, it saved the moment. It saved mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. It's it, 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 it created a deeper love. We have one for another. Right. And we can all do that. Forgiveness is not easy. And I think right. some people would rather memorize the book of Leviticus and try to forgive <laughs> some people. I get that. But you know what? It's going to suck the joy out of your life. So get on the pathway to forgiveness and and you never know. You never know what might happen.
0: Oh, that's great. Max, I have one final question that I want to ask you and then we can wrap up. So something that I've been thinking about is this process can seem like maybe it's good for something that happens that might be a small offense. But in the Bible, you see it said, forgive, how much, how often should I forgive? And Jesus responds, 70 times seven. And that Mm -hmm. seems like a a really big thing to do. But what about for the gal who's listening right now who says, well, that sounds nice, Max. I wish I could do that, but I can't, I can't stop forgetting it. And I feel like I have to keep forgiving it. So what does that look like lived out for somebody who needs to keep Mm -hmm. forgiving?
1: Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, two or three thoughts, um, and again, I'm I'm sure not wanting to minimize at all mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, forgiveness, forgiving is not endorsing. Forgiving is not endorsing. Mm-hmm. Um, to forgive somebody is not saying what they did was right. Uh, forgiveness is not forgetting. Uh, I don't know who came up with that phrase, forgive and forget, but boy, if you've been hurt, you just can't forget. That's right. I mean, it's just going to be a part of your life. So don't beat yourself up uh, by saying, well, I'm supposed to forget. That's not in the Bible, you know, but forgiveness is simply the act of entrusting your perpetrator, your offender into the hands of a just God. Um, God said vengeance is mine. I will repay. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that, that we find it hard to forgive is because we think, well, that person needs to get their just desserts. I mean, they, right. need, to, they need to get it. it's just not right what they did. And nobody agrees with you more than God does. Right. And God is saying, I'm going to, don't worry. I settle scores. I settle scores. The fact of the matter is, if I try to settle the score, I either give too much or too little. I, it, it's out of our pay grade to settle scores. Right. So, so don't think you're endorsing their behavior. Don't think you have to forget what you're doing. Is you're saying, Lord, can you take over this please? Can you take over? And it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process. It could take, it could take the rest of your life, you know, Right. but you'll right. gradually move from cursing the person to at least not cursing them. Right. Than to maybe even having a nice thought about them. If you can't have a nice thought, maybe you can even pray for them. Right. You know, it's it's these baby steps. But if right. but if you're trying to forgive, you're forgiving. Right. If you're trying to forgive, you're forgiving.
1: Right.
0: So
2: right. It, it's probably never going to. Fe- yeah, odds right. are it's you're not going to feel that ooey gooey emotion toward that person. Right. But at least you can get to the point where you're you know not sticking needles in a voodoo doll right sure
0: sure well even in thinking about the title of your book how happiness happens Happens. it's an active thing it is and i love the way that you broke it down even though forgiveness can be so hard sometimes it's going to be a process just like happiness is and you can gradually get there i love it max thank you that was great. Hey, but
2: all the one another verses are not this heavy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. you know,
2: there's greet one another, right. encourage one another, build. Those are a lot more fun. <laughs> but for some reason, I felt like we should talk about forgive one another. Today. No,
1: I think that's that's a big one. That was great. Max, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the show today. I know this is going to be incredibly helpful. And I don't know about you, Kaylee. I can't wait to go back and listen to this. Oh, yeah. Myself. And read the rest of the book. Yes, yes. But before we let our listeners go, we want to leave you with a couple of announcements. Okay,
0: my turn. First, we're sure that you want to know how you can purchase Max's book, How Happiness Happens. Well, we're here to tell you it's available at any major retailer as well as online. And we'll link to that in some of the show notes.
1: Yes. And hey, if you guys are interested in going back and doing any of our older online Bible studies, like Max's Anxious for Nothing or because of Bethlehem, well, we have made it very easy for you. All you need to do is go to Proverbs31.org and click study, and then click view past studies. You can still access the same great teaching that we offer during the study when it's live. It's one of my favorite studies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, me too. I remember we did a podcast recording on what we learned from Anxious for, for nothing. nothing, and it's still one of our most yes. popular episodes today. So we're going to link to that in oh, the great. show notes as well. Ah, that way you I love go back. that. Yes. Okay. Well, friends, it's time that we say goodbye. So thank you again, Max. Thank you, friends, yes. for joining us today. We pray that what you heard helps you know the truth of God's word and live that truth out. Because when you do. It changes changes everything. everything. That's right.
1: Thanks. Bye.